five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Tone podcast, your premier podcast for everything to do with the Toronto Defined of Vancouver Titans. I'm Chris at Lightforce, the voice coming to you from a den that is more like a convection oven, joined virtually as always by Omni at Omnistrife. Welcome, Omni. Thanks for having me. How's it going? Well, not too bad. I appreciate how you're thanking me for, for having you on the show as if it's yeah. not a regular occurrence. You know, I tried to like improve my how I handle myself on this show. And, and sometimes I give you trouble. So like this episode. Yeah. I'm just preparing you for, for gotcha. <laughs> the gotcha. You're, you're, to come. You're, you're buttering me up a little, you know, softening what will be yeah. the blow. Yeah. 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 I, you know, it's, it's interesting that uh, I'm just sort of thinking about this season. I have missed more episodes than you have. Have you now? Oh, that's, well, I had that that one. That's that, uh, true. That's true. Sam had to sub in last minute. Right, right. You know, it, it. So really, I mean, if anything, for this season, you should be the the one in the the host chair. I should just be sitting here with the uh, the witty clips and. I'll, I'll just take it off your pay, and yeah, that's how it's going to be. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, because you and I, I mean, we get paid so much, right? And yeah, not by breadsticks, but. Well, no one gets paid by breadsticks. No, you think you Western think Canada. the defined should start something like a breadstick to you know? I don't know. <laughs> um, it probably you know the breadstick meme has 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 been sort of you know all encompassed by the Vancouver Titans, but I mean the Toronto Defiant are now you know really hooked up with Toronto Dominion Bank and being that they're sponsored by a bank, maybe the bank can pay us because banks yeah. have money. They should they should do something to divert the attention from the record from this week. I think. Yeah, the uh, is just an aside, completely off the rails. Someone asked me, "Hey, Chris, um, you know, do you make much money podcasting?" <laughs> oh, sorry, I didn't mean to uh, <laughs> uh, burst out laughing, but oh. you know, the podcast world is uh, yeah, that's not how you make your uh, first million bucks in your life. Uh, I would uh, just oh. don't go into podcasting with that soul intention in mind yeah and so i'm like at first i i thought like i was like no no i don't they're like oh well why do you do it because i enjoy it i got the sound of my own voice to listen to i get to hook up with omni on a weekly basis you know it's, overwatch league like it's fame right yeah oh it's totally fame. like people stop us on the street all the time they're like hear our voice and oh you're that guy from the ready said poem podcast all the time all at the least time. at least five times a day Five times a day. Yeah. Cause I, I leave my house that many times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, if you are interested in getting into podcasting, I would be more than happy to sit down with you and talk you through it. If you are wanting to get into podcasting to make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe, Hey, anything is possible. Any, True. Anything is possible. Um, and maybe, maybe there is a ton of money to be made podcasting for the overwatch league. Uh, we have yet to, to find that, that secret to, you know, well, mm -hmm. so to speak. Uh, but, uh, speaking of the secret, well, unfortunately for both the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto defiant, they're going to have to head back to it to find, uh, that elixir of wins to get themselves uh, into a better position. Cause, uh, as uh, spoiler alert, uh, 
we learned this past week the Toronto Defiant uh, mustered uh, a map mm-hmm. out of their uh, their two matches. So unfortunately for them, they're not on their way to or in Hawaii right now. And obviously, we already knew the Vancouver Titans; so they were done, uh, done like an overcooked chicken dinner um, two weeks back. But uh, we'll get into a recap of those matches. Uh, a little bit of news coming out of Toronto we'll get into. And uh, as always, we're going to talk a little bit about the rest of the week. Uh, so let's uh, let's just start pushing this, this payload. Moving the payload. Join me. When I tuned in uh, to the Toronto Defiant Los Angeles Gladiators match, and, and if you recall, and if, you know, for all of our listeners, you and I weren't too big on this match necessarily. I mean, let me rephrase that. We kind of were, if there was a win to be had, I think both of us said the gladiators was it. That was based on the performance. Yeah. We were like, um, you know, yeah, I think, I think this is what Toronto needs to do. They did none of that. Yeah. Like I, you know, don't know what was going on in, in KDG's mind. Um, maybe that they had, you know, some great showing in scrims, but when as tank comes in, hmm. in map two, and I, you know, did not slip as tank, not as tack, as tack as yeah. tank is as tank. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we'll get to the map itself. Um, the one in, in Anubis, I wouldn't even say reviewing this map again, that that was the biggest issue, but it was certainly a weird thing. I don't know, like Gladiators also did some experimental stuff that we haven't seen before. I don't think we ever saw them not playing Bird Ring or Moth not being, uh, you know, played that much. We, we had the shoe and skewed the uh, lineup. I guess there was a lot of experimentation going on. Unfortunately, one team, <laughs> one team's experiment didn't, didn't bode so well, uh, didn't True. yield the, the desired results. So Well, and, and Lee Jang starting off, yeah. I mean, Lee Jang looked like we were going to get ourselves a good fight between two teams that wanted sure. to uh, get themselves to the, the beaches of Oahu. Um, we saw the, the essentially starting lineups we had expected to see. Um, obviously, as you sort of alluded to, we, ha- we had Moth uh, and support. Bird Ring was there right. uh, with the Defiant. Uh, you know, Michelle was your off tank and, uh, you know, next to mm-hmm. Sato. Um, Aspire, Hisu, Ansuja, like uh, last year. I mean, they were for lack of a you know better way to describe it, um, having a real good match. Yeah. They they lost the first one um uh, pretty quickly. Well, that, there were a few unfortunate like plays there, like the sim wall blocking beat and all that. Mm-hmm. So the tower, the Lijong Tower map didn't work out so well, and there was a mirror matchup, so no the same comps were played. But then in control center, I like the adjustment where Aspire went on the Junkrat, and, and mm-hmm. Junkrat is a very volatile uh, performer in the Overwatch League, and you sometimes see him just in this map alone. I think sometimes you see him also in, in Oasis. Uh, but the Doomfist actually was uh, the first uh, like hero to get picks. Mirror was playing really, really well. And the Glads, they, they kind of spawn camped for a while, but it cost them the point. They were too mm-hmm. overextended at like 75%. And Defiant, they had a lot of uh, ults, and and they they still held off. Like they were using these ults pretty well, and the only thing that they had left is it was that shatter. And and it seemed like gladiators are gonna uh, win this one. And it was very very like a tight back and forth fight. But like Aspire, and we'll talk about him a lot. I think he was the only 
shining uh, bright uh, bright example of, of a player playing well in this week for Toronto. His tire, I think, got two people, and, mm-hmm. and that's kind of how they won. Uh, Muir and Birdring, they tried to clutch it out. They got some picks, but Aspire and Hisu, uh, they got back after the respawns, and it was 1-1. And then night market, that's your, you know, the, the, the map that you need to win. We go back to the Doom and Symmetra uh, um, mirrors. So it looked like Aspire got, you know, the pick on mirror first to, to start off this map. But it was such a close fight. This, you're right, this map, if you look just at Lee Jung Tower, it definitely seemed like the, the teams were head to head really, really close. Every fight went with like multiple picks you know, back and forth, yeah. but it seems like uh, at the start, Defined grabbed the map. Uh, there were many alts, like the, the benefit of, of winning that initial map is, sorry, the benefit of, of capping the point first means that you have a lot of alts. And um, there were some alts used in Moth and, and the Bird Ring, they fall, right? And then Mirror, again, Mirror clutches it out and uh, they managed to flip the point again. So, uh, there was a lot of back and forth. There were some shatters used, and Defiant, they Defiant, they won another map. Sorry, won another fight. They used two support alts, and it felt like anything is possible at this point. But every time it went to like a close fight in this map, it felt like Glads are chipping away at that you know mm-hmm. capture. So there was a point there uh, where it was like eighty five percent for both teams. And there was like a huge shatter in the Diva Bomb combo for the Gladiators. And that's kind of, it felt like, oh, it was this close. But sometimes you get that combo and you can't really do anything. And they went up 1-0. Yeah. You know, Garden, Toronto, I wouldn't say Toronto didn't look or looked bad on on Garden. It's that the sort of tactic that they continued to take coming through sort of the the back door where it was safe. was ultimately camped out uh, by Glads. You had Moth bouncing around, disrupting, and Toronto just sort of continued to sort of throw the same thing at the wall. Yeah. You know, almost out of fertility. Um, but if we take that sort of, you know, round out of, out of play, this was really two equal teams going back and forth. Maybe you'd give the edge to the gladiators. Cause I think you're right. The glads just seem to be able to go in and be more assertive. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Or I was going to say sort of clutch, clutch sure. a, a fight out. Sure. Um, but it's not to suggest that it was definitively LA. It was, it was more Toronto. Unlike the, the next map. <laughs> well, yeah. And this is Okay. So Lee Jang's done. Toronto's down one nil. You're right. I mean, it, it, I'm thinking that what we're going to see with Temple Anubis is what we've seen a lot from Toronto. Um, but I can't for the life of me understand why Aztec comes in from Michelle. I guess they found out during scrims that he's a better Zarya than Michelle is. So Michelle plays the diva role and, sure. and uh, it's weird. I, I, I completely agree what you mean. Whenever they showed his POV, it looks like it looked like the mechanics at least were on point. He's really good with the tracking, and it all all also seemed like he was always above 85 percent on on his damage. But it's not the only thing, right? Whenever you play Azaria, you want that coordination and you mm-hmm. want that synergy with your teammates. But these things they take so long to build. That that's why I think that's it's a weird 
uh, uh, thing to experiment with uh, when you really need that win, right? So, well, and you know, we saw the Glads make. Well, I don't know if it's so much experimentation. Kevster coming in for Bird Ring, right? I mean, Kevster on Anubis. Kevster looked bored. I mean, kind of looks bored now that you see <laughs> he, his face. He has a face that like looks constantly bored. Uh, maybe it's it's just his expression, you know the the default yeah. expression. Sure, but like Kevster coming in for Bird Ring is not a questionable sub. In fact, skewed coming in for Moth, one might suggest okay, this yeah. this sort of adds up. I mean, you got technically two flex support here now, but the I still just I I, I don't quite understand the Aztec for Michelle. Like right. maybe you're right. Maybe it had to do with Zarya play. But if Michelle's Zarya play was that deficient, that Aztec coming in um, was necessary. You lose the synergy and the cohesiveness that you would have had with Michelle and Sato as your tank pairing, where they get to sort of play off each other. The right. the fact that that Toronto just fell over. Hmm. I mean, I don't know how to describe it any differently. I mean, yes, on attack, they were able to go in themselves. Yeah, but know, that initial a, collapse a so, out of it. But ooh. yeah, like it, it was the first mistake was by that. Sombra deletes right on Hisui mm-hmm. he went away. He had that translocator not placed properly, and Mira just erased him. The echo is very broken when you have her go one on one against someone, and she just you know sticks the bombs on you, and then that beam just erased him. And then Kevster kills two more, and then in Sado and Lastro somehow I don't know how a tracer kills these two so quickly and they just collapse and and they just roll them it's like those comp maps where you go in and you're like okay this is this is game over and then i just i was gonna say i just waited 10 minutes to get this (laughs) match exactly wait for another why did i waste the priority pass to get dps game for so long and 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 they went into this pause maybe there were like technical issues uh for for toronto there was a a pause for like i don't know two minutes and after that pause, you know, they clean up the point and they go to B. Kevster and Mirror again do the same thing. They erase the Defiant with a Pulse and, and they also had the Nana Winston who got all that charge from the previous map. And they had 5.33 <laughs> minutes on the clock. That's like the I record. Know. Unbelievable. So at, I think it was Hisu who had asked for the pause. And if I recall, it was either Hisu or Ansujay who had yeah. actually said that they were having comms issues. They weren't blaming the actual technology yeah um from what i understand um either referee or sort of overwatch league staff comms were still active and that was interfering with toronto's ability to communicate Mm -hmm. um, or something along those lines i mean i don't know with certainty what the problem was so you know if one were to go and suggest that that got in the way that's extremely unfortunate definitely didn't help no it didn't help but i mean the way the way Toronto played this map, at least on defense, that first defense, yeah, it was as if it was like, oh man, it didn't go well. Well, let's just get onto attack. Let's yeah. just let's get on attack. We'll try to you know take the take point one just as quick. <laughs> Toronto and Toronto almost, yeah. almost, you know, did almost the same to what LA did to them. But the gladiators were able to go in and stagger long enough right. to then challenge and then sort of recontest and push Toronto back, and that. <laughs> You know, that I think was when it was a done deal, like where you have LA running into point two with, was it like yeah. six minutes or whatever it was? Yeah. Uh, and it, Toronto running in with a minute 40 
a very weird and discombobulated attack as well. It looked like a good start. They they demeked uh, space and killed him. And Ansun Jay also fell. And, and I feel like Aztec was a very good uh, uh, catalyst to, to this initial win, right? They, they erased mm-hmm. him. He was charged up. But their respawns were able to like recontest, like you said. And, and last run, Aztec kind of fall. And the fights w- were like going back and forth. And there was a point where the baby diva was running around and his space uh-huh. was running around. Nobody was able to kill him. And then he was able to remake. And, and the time, like you said, that was so precious in this in this uh, uh, game just ran out. Aspire did a lot of hero plays. He got like the 3K on the grav with his pulse bomb. It was really uh, nice. But even that wasn't enough. But in the last minute, they were able to like get to to cap that map, and they had like three and a half minutes to cap point two, and that's already two minutes uh, uh, below what what they could do. And, and Aspire kept kept like playing really well. Uh, he got like two and Muse, and, and the stalls were uh, held off. Yeah, he played really well. I, I think, you know, when we look at sort of what happened on Anubis is that Toronto simply ran out of time. I, I mean, right. that's obvious, but the fact that the gladiators had such a time bank, ultimately that they needed to do is just continue to, to push forward. Um, yeah. because the pressure was on Toronto. Press W. You know, yeah. I mean, Toronto, like Toronto had to make zero mistakes knowing that they were going to run out of, of bank before, before the glads yeah. did. And that's ultimately you yeah. know, what took place. And they pre- play pretty well in their time bank offense. Like the, the most you can ask of your team when they don't have a lot of time is to cap like the third point and the fourth point, mm-hmm. right? When you go, we will go again. And they did it. Like Aztec played well. And then, but, but again, like, like you said, I, I think there needs to be like, uh, we need to credit the Glads on this. Uh, um, on their assertiveness and like the way they still handled uh, this map, because we've seen so many times where a team gets like a massive time bank and they just, because of that, they become a little bit complacent. Maybe they wait for too long. They wait for that right opportunity. And it happens so many times, especially for like the Titans who we follow so closely. Like once you get that first point very early, I don't know, there's like this weird tendency to sabotage yourself and then play so weirdly going into second. And they didn't do that. So they they had those five minutes in the bank and then they went full dive. I also like their compositions here a, a bit more than what, you know, um, Toronto were playing with a full dive with the Diva uh, instead of going to Zarya. And, and Space, again, he's such a good, good player. Uh, he just... Mirror and space definitely carried this fight a lot. This entire uh, game, I, I could say, against Toronto, and and every time it seemed like the respawns are coming back, and Mirror pops off, and then he had like a good Zarya copy there where he had like the, the grab in, in a few seconds, and and it was just not enough. And and when they had another time bang because they got like four points uh, as well, they had three minutes in the bank. That's something you never never get in the, the second overtime. For a team, they have three minutes in the bank. So, so much time. But they didn't, they weren't complacent. They chose the mobility and the high ground, right? They went for the full dive and and space was up on the high ground. Shu, again, uh, someone that we need to mention here. He had so many good good nades on the Defiant. And they just got it and it was 2-0. And in map three, that, that was kind of like, the, oh, 
I I I I'm upset upset to say it, but I, I felt like I was watching a game of the Vancouver Defiant in this in this game against uh, uh, against the Gladiators because in map three it felt like they just gave up. It, it felt like well they were okay, out I, of mental breath. Maybe I, I, okay, I would agree that at this point they're mentally boomed. Um, we see no subs. Aztec stays in. Um, Toronto um, playing as weird composition kevster skewed stay in for for the clads but you know functionally if worked on anubis why not continue to push it through eichenwald uh especially considering you have to go and cap uh, that that first point but it, it, toronto put up a fight yeah but like i i, I don't like i i when i when i consider you know you call them the Vancouver titans like i or the vancouver defiant as you had said <laughs> i feel the like that would just been game over just tap out. It's 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 hopeless. I think Toronto showed up to try and I, and salvage something. They just had the the tank was empty, and they just didn't have anything left to necessarily give than what we saw. Yeah. Whereas in comparison, the Titans just no, I, they roll over. I meant to say not in a way that they rolled over. I, I don't think the Titans uh, necessarily roll over in these maps where they are mentally boomed. But what happens is, and this is what we saw with with the Define, and I find that to be even more frustrating is when your team actually gets the first pick or the second pick even, and they still kind of lose it out. The respawns are coming back and they kind of clutch it out. That was the most frustrating part where I don't really see how a team that on paper, and we spoke about this last week, that should be able to compete is not supposed to lose to, to the freaking respawners coming back. Right. When you're already like gaining those ticks and you're getting those picks and you still lose the fight. And that's kind of like what was so frustrating to me in this map and, and and again when they went on defense they didn't really switch off the somber that was clearly not really doing well against that composition and the gladiators saw that and they just rolled them um off well, the, of the game yeah you know you think about eichenwald how often do you see a match where there isn't even a complete cap to win it right right like capture was like 86 percent to win mm-hmm. i i just i i, ca- I can't recall that ever being the case outside of like ot or something like that they, i've seen teams yeah. get that point or like and I, like i just yeah I mean, no I was, focus fire like i said they get a pick but they don't follow up it's like unbelievable the the fact that on attack toronto technically has that sort of spawn advantage as well as you yeah, said right? yeah like, yeah how can they come you know, before yeah. Well, I think this goes back to what we saw with Anubis as well. The Glads were able to stagger and stall, and Toronto didn't have a solution to that. And unfortunately, as more Glads show up to to get into the fight, Toronto, who's maybe you know possessing an advantage, is is slowly seeing it you know fall out of their grasp. And next thing you know, it's a distinct shift where now Glads have numbers and defiant they reset or if they don't reset they you know roll not roll over i'm, I'm not trying to use it directly but ultimately yeah. you know they try not to feed any further yeah it looked like they were to, right they, it seemed like they were like okay here we go again here here it's yeah out. like you know this is where i think the comparison to the titans is is yeah you know holds more true like the titans they'd continue to feed. It would be a full stagger feed, feed, feed. Uh, this fight's lo- lost. Let's invest alts. Toronto did not do that. Toronto went. Toronto should know better than that. Yeah. And they did. I mean, it's just, unfortunately, as this stood, 
the gladiators were by far the better team. And, and, you know, as it stands, the winner of this match was getting themselves booked into the the play-in. We had already talked about this last show. Three wins was going to be sufficient. And the glads wanted it just as bad as the defiant did, if not more. Mm -hmm. So 3-0 and the defiant didn't look entirely good, um, at least compared to what we had expected. So this set up the the match on on Saturday against the Dallas Fuel, who... um, are a good team dallas is pretty decent yeah they they uh they're no longer a dumpster fire but they're, they're gonna fire your team's dumpster it seems like and yeah going in when we previewed these two maps it seemed like the gladiators map is uh, the gladiators match is the one that looks more winnable I'd say, uh, <laughs> sorry again for the analogy, I'd say in Vancouver Titans fashion, it seemed like the better fight was against the better team. It's something that Vancouver is known to do a little mm-hmm. bit. So it felt a bit more competitive, but in no in no time, at no time did it feel like uh, there's actually a chance. So let's just get to it. Map one, we get Busan. It's a map that we didn't see in the previous match. Mecha base... There was like a clash of styles again, and I think in this uh, uh, in this match, and I feel like a lot of teams kind of go for that clash of styles against Dallas because they have such a distinct way of playing uh, a lot of these maps. Uh, Toronto is still opting for the Samba Tracer, uh, but this time we saw a, a bit more mobility in the ball and Diva. They also had a Brigand Zen, but Dallas they they came out with this bulky, very bulky Sombra May composition and they also had a Ryan and a Diva and a Lucian Baptiste. Uh but again, Anson J, Michelle, you know, they they fo- they were focused on much better from the Dallas Field. Focus Fire was there and Toronto again looks kind of like lost. Who are we fighting? Who are we mm-hmm. who are we shooting at? And and they got picks in Titans fashion. They got picks even before Dallas got him. Twice, but there there was no follow up in any of the uh, in any of the fights, and and Dallas won that. I maybe it's the addition of a Discord orb that I think is very underrated in this meta. Like we don't see the Zen uh, nearly as much as well. I'm a Zen fan, so I'm I'm very biased towards him. But maybe it's the Discord orb, and then being able to just you know erase any any character that has it on them but uh yeah it looked like a little bit better shrine looked a little bit better uh for for um, toronto here dallas actually went for the classic dive with the tracer genji but it's funny how they have like sparkle who is such a unbelievable genji player and they put doha on genji just a testament to how flexible they are when they uh, everybody was all, always like com- complaining on and before them the season began when xc went out that like dallas doesn't really have a tracer player and it seems like sparkle picked up the tracer to such a high degree he's such a such an amazing player that the doha was on the genji and you know they have hanbin who was doing work and and they got like a clean initial win on that shrine point and all the fights that just followed were the same. But finally, 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 you know, despite losing all these fights, and that's why, like, uh, uh, their ults were coming up so slowly, they got a good EMP from Hisu and the mines from Vol, and they got the point, but it was already at 99 for Dallas. So Sato got hacked in the, in the consequent fight, and, and he got picked off in the fight after. And But they also got the Sombra Doha, who switched off of that Genji. And Aspire, again, was playing pretty, pretty well. And Fearless got picked. 
But then Doha comes back with his EMP and Lastro is picked and then the rest followed and it was just like 1-0 to Dallas in the maps. So it was a 2-0 and it felt like despite like winning some fights or, or uh, trying to stabilize it, you, you, you definitely want your first, you know, control map to maybe go the long way, but it was a 2-0 for Dallas. And then they went to Volskaya and then Toronto, they started up on defense um, they didn't really change their composition from Busan. They still went for that ball. So it's it's nice to see that they're experimenting, but at least we still see Michel uh, playing the off tank. And yes. the Aztec, they, it seemed like they they uh, they stopped doing that. But Sparkle and Doha, man, they're, they're so good. They just kill both healers on their second push. First push was, you know, they were just poking at each other, but they just came in and they erased them. Like point one is taken... And they have five minutes to take point B. Um, Isu, ha- Isu has a good EMP. Fielder somehow keeps Dallas uh, alive enough to get two ticks. And they back off. And then another fight. And another uh, one for another Toronto EMP. Very quick, actually. But this time, this uh, as compared to like the previous EMP, they were only able to, to catch Fearless out of the entire squad. But then uh, Fielder has another coalescence. He's just got, getting them fight after fight. Like the coalescence has such a quick charge, it's kind of ridiculous. And they have more numbers, and they get you know point two with two and a half minutes in the back, in the bank. And and, and on Toronto's attack, they again go for the same comp. Alastro, uh, he gets a crucial pick on the Sombra after she hacks th- three with her first EMP, and uh, you know he has a transcendence. That gives Toronto kind of the needed edge to get one. So they had a little bit more sustain when they played the Zen. Maybe again, it's uh, what I mentioned before. His orb is is a very good tool to have in this meta. And it seems like things are going well for Toronto. They go to point B, right? So Lastro, Aspire, and Michelle, they get picks. But they're kind of pushed off point uh, because there's no sustain. The healers uh, were done after Lastro gets picked. I think they got like two two ticks as well, um, and then there's a last minute push. Time time just falls off the the time bank, and there were two EMPs, one for Dallas and one for uh, one for Toronto. Uh, and and it seems like Toronto might actually win this because they had the trance. Uh, mm-hmm. They they couldn't catch uh, um, our Zen, and the problem is though that Fielder just smashed a good uh, nade to counter that healing, and and that last push. It felt like fights were going on, but I, I wouldn't even call it a C9, but there was no one there to touch the point for, for Toronto. Well, maybe it is a C9. I don't know if you you'd classified it as a classic or, or a, a, a pure C9, but it definitely they didn't touch point. And yeah, at that point, it felt like, you know, 2-0 for Dallas. And here it comes, the 3-0. Luckily, though, Kings Row felt a little bit better for, for Toronto. And this is where we see Maced for the first time in a long time. Aspire right. gets subbed out. Yeah, uh, it's it's an interesting uh, point you bring up because maybe it's because they're playing, you know, Toronto went, they started the attack first and they played uh, Mace Symmetra. Uh, tanks were Sigarissa, so they're trying to go for a chunkier push with the teleporter. And they have the Bap Brig, so a lot of sustain, very bulky. And Dallas had something similar, but they have the Diva Rhine. So it's, it's a bit more in your face type of aggressiveness where 
you're not trying to go for the longer fight, but you're just trying to, you know, bash everyone's head in, in with, with Ryan's hammer, something that I'm sure you appreciate a lot. Mm-hmm. So you begin with this weird trench warfare with the teleporters, with teams trying to go back and forth, and and and, and walls are going off, the, the May walls. And it's actually feel, a Fearless who gets melted from the Symmetra beam first. And, you know, you get Fearless, you can win the the the, the map. The Sorry, you can cap the point. I think the thickness... Of of Toronto basically won them the 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 the, the point and they cap point one, but Dallas returns with a vengeance. They have a huge shatter uh, after like a bunch of pokes happen, and then Fearless, who is now on the run, gets a huge shatter. He just the problem when you play that Orissa composition, it was funny because you see he's like, okay, I have shatter now. So what he does, he just walks around the 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 uh, Orissa. Shield and just smashes the entire team, and Toronto comes back and they have and they return the favor with a good combination of ults. I think they used Rally, Flux, and the Simwall and Blizzard to clear their Dallas off the payload. So they they they're not being very economical, but they're in desperation mode anyways. So they, it feels like here we go. We're we're approaching to point two, but. There, there he comes again. The fearless here, here he comes with that hammer. They give him a sound barrier this time, and he's just you know hammering down the entire defiant again. And he also, and he now has shatter again. So it's kind of like a vicious cycle against uh, fearless. I, I can't imagine how scary it is to play against uh, Ryan on this level when you get so much, so many resources right from his team. And Toronto, they they bring up the wall from Symmetra, uh, but they they also tried to do the Blizzard to kind of match what they did in that fight right off point one, but it gets eaten, unfortunately, by Hanbin. And Dallas wins out another fight, and there's only one minute to go. And Toronto gets... It was a weird fight because because uh, when they were um, viewing, they, they were POVing on another character, and the, Toronto actually got two picks off screen. Mm-hmm. You didn't really see what was going on. Uh, they they killed off Doha and and, and Jex, Jexy, but they still somehow lose the fight. I don't know. I think it was Fearless who was clearing out the room, but the respawns are rushing back. It's too little, too late. And Sparkle and his friends they just clean up Toronto before uh, you know point two, and you feel like. Yeah, it was a it was a good fight at some points, and 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 Dallas has their wing condition, but Toronto, their strategy on defense was a little bit better. Uh, Fearless maybe not as scary because he went on to the monkey this time with the full dive, and Toronto uh, went like in a perfect scenario. They went the full anti dive uh, combination. You get the Orisa, you get the Sig, you get a lot of those pools where you can counter, you know, some of the those dives. So he gets like the fearless. He gets Ansun J. Ansun J gets picked a lot. I I think something there is not really working well, but the picks are going both ways. And Toronto actually gets more picks. But the problem is that Dallas, you know, they they come out from spawn and and they have less time to get to the point. Um, but there was another, another like great play there from, from Toronto where, where there was a good blizzard that caught off, uh, caught, caught a lot of people. And there was a, a weird blade from, from, uh, Doha. He just went into like a supercharged Orisa and there were like, I think the map was ne- next to her and Toronto looks really good. They're still holding on to one, obviously, you know, the response are coming back and they just like win this, win out this war of attrition. And it looks like, here we go. The last couple of seconds but unfortunately 
again, something that happens off the POV, Lastro gets, gets tracered in the back line somehow, and then Hisu gets killed by the Doomfist. It's actually like Dallas are now had, had to switch to those um, quick heroes to, to, to get to the point quickly. Not only do they get to the point, but they also erased you know, uh, the support line, and they get uh, the first point. But Dallas, they, they seem to be like aggressive here. Here they come. They they catch up to everybody who's like backing off the point and they kill everyone. They, they kill the split spawns, right? And they clear the path for that car to, to get to point two. But Hisu makes a nice adjustment here. He goes to play Reaper, actually, and it works. And he gets Doomfist, and there's a bigger threat to Fearless now. And and Fearless Nano, uh, he's, he's Nanoed, but he's frozen and he's killed before he can use Primal. Uh, time's run, uh, time is starting to run out, and the fight on cart starts to like the, the last fight on the cart commences really answer j again dies but but they also get doha uh fielder does get hisu but like it seems like the thickness wins through again and and when you have the rally and you have you know the the rallied uh reaper with the armor he wants he goes in with the blossom it was good enough so they couldn't get to point uh two and and the cart stops uh a little bit before where where Toronto were able to push it. So it's 2-1. And you think, well, maybe there is a chance. But I I, I don't know. I, my optimism was for Toronto to, to, to reverse sweep the Dallas fuel was, was around 30%. Nothing like higher than that. Well, I, I'd say that was positive if it's 30% oh, yeah, yeah. fuel. <laughs> I'd say it was like a positive. Yeah, 70% I think that Dallas, Dallas are winning and 30 for for Toronto. So Yeah. The, you know, Junkertown... I sort of mentioned this before when we saw Eichenwald, where it felt like the Toronto Defiant had given all that they had left to give. They put up yeah. a fight, um, but just had nothing left on the tank. That's what Junkertown felt like. Like King's Row was almost that moral map sure. victory, right? Where we were able to do this. We we did this against this this solid team. Um, but like the, the, Toronto didn't have an answer to the Dallas Fuel push yeah. on Junkertown. And, they, and yet the Defiant go. had to fight for every inch. Yeah, and then I think the greatest thing you can... It was already uh, visible from, from the get-go, right? They went for the spawn camp, and the Dallas went, like, all dive, and they kill Anson Jay, who falls first again. And they're just too fast and focused to just, you know, catch out every target they want to, to destroy. And then they go go closer to point one, and... Then Doha has the blade, and he gets one pick, and everybody follows up. So it's it's they they basically use the blade to get one, and the next fight they use coalescence and primal rage, so they get to point two, and now it's the blade again and the diva bomb. So they're kind of cycling ults every every fight to just you know abuse Toronto's corpses. <laughs> That's how it felt to me. Like oh, now we have these ults that we're going to mm-hmm. use to destroy Toronto. Well, in the next fight we're going to use something else. And they just ran over, uh, 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 you know, the uh, Vancouver, uh, the Toronto Defiant with three. They had like four minutes in the bank almost. And it's it's a massive time bank for Junkertown. It's a very slow map normally. Uh, Toronto, they uh, they tried to adapt again. And that's something I, I did like. Uh, both teams actually went for the Hanzo double shield. I don't know what changed because like at the start, maybe it's the spawn camp that didn't really warrant the Hanzo. But on the, the second on Toronto's attack, both teams go for the, the Hanzo and the double shields. 
Um, Neist and Hisu got the first picks, so they have had like a pretty good, a clear path towards one. But Dallas, they don't care. They they came to this point where they're just contesting. They don't really care. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it seemed like uh, it was a bad call. Toronto kind of wins out that first uh, point. But then there was a good play. There was a combo from from a halt from the Orissa and a dragon uh, from Dallas and. Who guess who uh, falls? Uh, oh, it's actually not Anson J. It was last Lastro. Lastro oh. actually fell this time. Set me up there. Yeah, and uh, the 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 bait and switch. And Dallas they stabilize right after the gate, and it's a very tough point to push. But um, Toronto comes up with a very nice play. Uh, play they the underrated combo of a flux and a dragon right below where they drop. It kind of erases Dallas off the point, but but again Dallas just you know comes back. And they they stole every subsequent attack from Toronto and, and last fight. Time runs down very quickly in this uh in this point. And it was just over. 3-1 for uh, for the Dallas Fuel. Yeah, and you know, based on that, that Toronto loss unfortunately meant they had uh, they were done in. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually fell below the San Francisco Shock who were sitting with a two and two record at a zero map differential, though um the San Francisco shock were not, as we will learn, uh, the gatekeeper to that uh, final spot. But the the thing about what we sort of saw over the course of this weekend was that Toronto had to win against two very good teams. And looking ahead at the, the schedule, and again, I'm only doing this because Toronto and Vancouver are currently, you know, kicking it back, uh, chilling. Mm-hmm. Toronto has to go up against the London Spitfire and Washington Justice. So that should be at least a win. And maybe like, we don't know which version of the justice shows up week over week. And then they go against the Paris Eternal and the San Francisco shock. I feel Toronto and Paris should go Toronto's way. I know that might be a bold statement to make the way Paris has been playing. I have no idea what to make about the shock these days. Yeah. Yeah, those, but, those are weird, weird uh, teams to, to to predict. And but like that potentially means a two and two stage, and we've seen two and two does not get you in very no. often. Now at least the Toronto Defiant have an opportunity to get two wins, maybe three. Uh, Vancouver Titans, we mentioned this, uh, you know, on the previous show. Um, <laughs> they've got the uprising who look good. So long as it's not play-ins, the Washington justice who, whether or not they show up good or bad are a team that can beat the Vancouver Titans, mm-hmm. the San Francisco shock, which on an off day are going to beat the Vancouver Titans and to wrap up their regular season, a match against the Lennon Spitfire, which could go either way. So it, it's, it doesn't bode well, I think for Canadian teams into this, this final no. sort of month or stage or however we want to look at it. Um, but if there is one, you know, point that is known as the Toronto divine have a far better chance at finding themselves into, uh, you know, that stage playoff. Um, We'll get into what's going to happen in Hawaii in a, in a short moment, but uh, beyond that news, um, I didn't put it in the rundown. I wasn't going to actually talk about it, but Vancouver Titans went and hyped up a marketing play with their pizzas, triple treat box. I understand marketing activations. I truly do. I don't entirely believe building up hype over something (laughs) like that is the play. 
Um, it's weird. It, it is very weird. Um, but hey, if you want to get the deal on pizza, the Titans Triple Threat Retreat Box is available. Well, everybody loves pizza, I guess. Yeah. Well, I, you know, they have the Linkser pizza. You can, I wonder if you actually called in. Hi, I'd like to get the Linkser pizza. If the mm. Pizza Hut, the local Pizza Hut will actually know what you're talking about. I I, 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 I don't think so. No. Um, but on in bigger news, uh, Overactive Media, which is the, again, parent company of the Toronto Defiant, uh, they had announced, uh, you know, a little bit earlier that uh, a transaction was completed by way of a three-cornered amalgamation pursuant to which the former Overactive Media Corps amalgamated with a wholly owned subsidiary of Abigail Capital Corps to form Overactive Media Holdings Corporation. As part of the transaction, Abigail changed its name to Overactive Media Corps and will now carry on the business of old Overactive via Overactive Holdings. I'm not a business guy, but what this means is that as of tomorrow, which is today, if you're listening to the podcast or earlier this week, depending on when you tune in, you'll be able to go and acquire shares in overactive media. They will be trading under the symbol OAM on the TSX Venture Exchange. Uh, so the Toronto Stock Exchange Stonks. Venture Exchange. <laughs> and uh, as, as a shareholder of Enthusiastic Gaming, which is the, I think parent company of the Vancouver Titans, because it's so unclear to me who owns what. Uh, but apparently EGLX does have a relationship with the Vancouver Titans, so I got shares there. I kind of feel obligated that I should go and acquire some OAM shares. Yeah, see which stonks perform better. Yeah, I'd see, you know what? Maybe we'll have to have that. The stonks report. The stonks report. Yeah, let's put in like uh, 10 bucks at each in each uh, stonk and see which goes higher, which goes lower. Well, my EGLX stonks have uh, not been performing well since the acquisition. Um, so you're holding bags now? <laughs> <laughs> no, almost. Uh, but no, I, I think I, I, that way, you know, I look at it this way. RSP will be a shareholder in both of the teams that yeah. uh, we support. When we demand change, gosh darn it, nobody's going to listen. We're going to slam that table in the board uh, board meetings. Well, I'm just looking at like the sort of further of the announcement here and uh, Abigail holds 1.333 million shares and over old overactive mm-hmm. holds 78.902 million. So if you and I both get like $10 a share, I don't know what the strike price is. We'll see. But let's say, let's say it's like 10 bucks. I don't know. We're going to hold one share for 10 bucks. So I don't know how loud our voice will be with 80 million ish. Well, we'll be, you know, the vocal minority. <laughs> well, we do have a podcast. That's true. How many other podcasters out yeah, there? Don't underestimate the power of media. Hey, to that person who reached out to you for, you know, whether you should go to the podcast, this is, this is how you do it. <laughs> uh, you start putting money into <laughs> Overwatch League. To the stocks. moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, us and our diamond hands, or at least Ryan hands. <laughs> HODL, have Ryan hands. The HODL report, that's what we're going to call it. <laughs> Uh, anyhow, I think we're hot. It's delirious or it, we're delirious and it's hot. One of the two. Uh, let's take a moment before we dive into the fray. Let's 
talk a little bit about the fact that uh, there were other matches over the course of the week. Uh, matches started on Thursday. So for those of you who did not get your pickums in in time, rip. Uh, but that's okay because I don't think uh, people remembered they needed to get their uh, Sunday pickums in before the end of day Saturday. Uh, like me and I think you. Yeah, I missed uh, the picks for, um, you know, whoever comes out. Um, yeah, so did I. And I also missed the first day for the Western region. So that oh, match against... started Thursday. Yeah. I, I, I was like really in the top 100. Now I'm like top 200 something. But I missed... I, I didn't predict, obviously, that the Uprising on a 3-0, the, the Outlaws event. I did select... Was it 157 people Yeah, did. I know. But I did... Yeah. I would have predicted the rain to win. So I missed those points. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, as we've we've talked about, Lana Rain beat the Linden Spitfire 3-0. Boston Uprising upset the Houston Outlaws 3-0. Um, this Houston did not look good in this match no, whatsoever. Not at all. Uh, Boston Boston looked good, but Houston looked bad. And there was discussion afterwards that maybe Houston was planning for the Battle of Texas and overlooked the Uprising. But whatever it happened to be, for shame. They lost the match they probably should have won. Now, we go into the APAC region. The Hangzhou Spark beat the New York Excelsior 3-2. Uh, so this, is, again, is showing uh, the Excelsior to be in, uh, somewhat fallible. Uh, the Hangzhou Spark have looked good since they made those coaching changes earlier in the season. Mm -hmm. And the Chengdu Hunters beat the Philadelphia Fusion 3-2. Yeah. <laughs> somewhat surprising, but again, Chengdu can yeah. do Chengdu things. I did predict the Spark winning three, two, but I, I did not think that the fusion going to lose. Um, you know, but everyone got their free points when the Shanghai dragons beat the Los Angeles Valiant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Washington justice beat the London Spitfire three Oh, uh, glads as we already know, beat the Toronto defiant three Oh. And then in another battle of Texas, the Houston outlaws carried up their very poor showing against the Boston uprising by losing nice and quick to the Dallas fuel three yeah. Oh. Um, this match, the New York Excelsior Philadelphia Fusion one, concerns me about the Fusion. Like, I'm yeah. genuinely wondering if they've somehow shaken their chemistry <sighs> by bringing in their players on Visa and introducing them sort of piecemeal into the roster. Like, yeah. I don't know what's going on with the Fusion, but losing 3-1 to the Excelsior, who have shown yeah. that they're sort of no longer that top-tier team. I mean, they it's loudly. they had to, right? Because they have just so much talent. I I don't see another explanation to it. And yeah, it was. Well, and especially when we look at how they performed at the start of the season mm -hmm. with essentially a new roster. Right. Right. The only difference here is they've started to go and bring players in back, you know, like their original roster and, and put them into to action. So really? something's up and Philly's Philly's got some issues they got to sort out. Like, uh, Chengdu beat the uh, the Valiant 3-0. No surprise there. And then the Shanghai Dragons beat the Hangzhou Spark 3-1. Yeah. yeah, no surprise. Maybe you whether or not you give the Spark the map and your pickums is probably the difference. Um Saturday in a side, Boston Uprising, having been elated by 3-0-ing the Houston Outlaws return the favor by losing 3-0 to the Atlanta Rain. Mm-hmm. Dallas Field, as we already know, beat the Toronto Defiant 3-1. And then the Justice and Glads went toe-to-toe -to -toe, uh, in a match that, that the Justice really needed more than the, the Gladiators did. And uh, they pulled out a 3-2 uh, victory. Yep. 
So that sets us up for the Sunday and the Sunday showing had the Shanghai dragons just easily taking care of the New York Excelsior three Oh, but surprisingly the Chengdu hunters beat the Seoul dynasty three, two, which means Shanghai Chengdu are going to be playing against uh, two teams who will be based in Hawaii. Right. So who might those teams be? Well, the Paris Eternals, you know, Cinderella ride uh, came to a halt, mm-hmm. albeit one that could have gone either way against Washington Justice. Justice beat the Paris Eternal 3-2 in a very close, hard-fought match. Uh, Los Angeles Gladiators beat the Boston Uprising 3-0. Again, I think the Uprising, you know, won the stage when they beat Houston, but didn't realize they still had to play. Mm-hmm. Right. And then uh, Dallas Fuel took on the Justice in a very hard-fought match. Like, this is the thing about the Justice. They've had a couple sort of weekends where they look bad. This wasn't one of them. Yeah. But Dallas, Dallas is a team that just can't be beaten. And uh, they punched their ticket to learn that uh, just after them, the Atlanta Reign beat the LA Gladiators 3-2. This could have gone either way as well. Really, you had some very good matches in NA. Save for the Boston Uprising. Um, maybe not Uprising. Hmm. I expected more out of Boston. Like I, I like Boston. I'm, I'm high on the team. They can do some real cool things and they take moments of greatness and they take them and they, they shatter those dreams. Yeah. I'd say that even what they were able to achieve in this stage is already kind of an overachievement and they should be proud of it. But unfortunately, whenever you like taste victory a little bit, you want a little bit more and more and more, but. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that sets up the fact that the Chengdu Hunters, Shanghai Dragons, Atlanta Reina Dallas Fuel are in uh, the summer showdown. So kicking things off on uh, on Thursday evening, again, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, is the uh, Chengdu Hunters in Dallas Fuel, uh, followed closely by the Atlanta Reina Shanghai Dragons. So Chengdu, Dallas. This one goes to Dallas, right? Yes. Well, so this is the thing. Is, is Are you confident that it goes to? Uh, yeah, I, I picked it for a 3-1 for Dallas. Okay. I, I had not. This is the one I had not yet picked simply because I, I. Don't miss it like we did last time. No, I know. But but like my problem is, is like I, I don't see much of Chengdu. Yeah. But they've been doing Chengdu things. Right. And with the summer showdown being, you know whatever meta you want against a team who's playing whatever meta they want. It almost in my mind plays to Chengdu's strength, which is chaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Dallas plays well in chaos as well. In a way they have like yeah. more, more control type of chaos. <laughs> so, so they, they, they keep their chaos under control. Right. Chengdu just releases their chaos. Yeah. Cause Chengdu's chaos. They sometimes win, sometimes lose Dallas, whether it's chaos or not, they win, you know, Mm, okay. Just the talent that yeah. carries them. All right. Well, you've convinced me. Okay. I'll take Dallas through Atlanta, Shanghai. I feel this is Shanghai. I think Atlanta's been playing well, but Shanghai is yeah. Shanghai. I feel like this one is going to be closer than people think, but I picked 3 2 for Shanghai. Okay. Yeah. See, I, I this one I had is 3 1. Okay. Cl- a close 3 1. Fair enough. 3-1. Yeah. Yeah, so that sets up uh, the uh, first match of uh, the the Friday, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, that means if you're going with us, you have Dallas versus Shanghai, which apparently <laughs> we haven't seen enough of Deja yet. vu. <laughs> Who's going to win this one? Shanghai or Dallas? Dallas is, in this matchup, Dallas has won a couple times now. I picked 
the Dragons to win 3-2 in this one. Ooh, okay. I had Dallas 3-2. Yeah, I mean the fact that we're both going three two, it, it just indicates to us how close this but is. Going the, to but be. wait, there's more. There's a twist down the road. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the uh, the first loser match, you got Chengdu and uh, Atlanta. Who do you have coming out of this one? I think Atlanta wins this. Wins this. Really? One, yeah. Okay, so so this is where we we diverge. I have I have based on this, I have Chengdu beating Rain. Mm-hmm. Okay. That can because like I, I had whoever was coming out of match one beating the rain didn't matter whether it was the Dallas Field sure. or Chengdu Hunters, um, so I don't I don't have a I a feel like the NA region is a bit better, uh, yeah, no, and NA Atlanta has been, has been really really strong. So in this minute, see, I'm I'm thinking chaos. Sure, Atlanta I think is a little bit better even in that chaos. Okay, well. The other difference, though, match five. So, who do you have coming out of match five? Because I have two different teams in. Right, uh, fuel beating the rain three one. Okay, and I have uh, in this particular case, I have uh, <laughs> the dragons beating the Chengdu Hunters. Oh, surprise! We have the dragons against the fuel again. <laughs> so, uh, I have the fuel winning this one. <laughs> yeah, me too. Four three. Yeah, and I like this is. I have nothing wrong about fuel dragons like they're the best teams but it's kind of just getting to the point where it's all we're seeing yeah for good reason I, though <laughs> there are the oh, i know i know but i just i kind of i like i mean in the, the first season that the vancouver titans obviously played with san francisco you had top, two top tier teams but then that stage three that you saw the shot get eliminated early and then you saw the titans fall to what was chaos triple dps yeah um you know shanghai like I, it provided a little variety it mixed things up we're not getting that same sort of mixture within these, these stage finals no so but at least we're getting overwatch league action which if you happen to be a fan of the league is good if you happen to be a fan of a team who has yet to find themselves in hawaii or the matches where teams are in Hawaii, it gets tough. If you happen to be a fan of a team who happens to not even get into the play-ins, it's even <laughs> more difficult to to tolerate. Did you get? Did you pick Dallas too? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I have Dallas winning. I um, I didn't put a map score here. Okay. I just have Dallas. Yeah, winning. I was torn between like a four-two and a four-three. I see. I think I'd probably go four-two, but that's just a safer safer bet than a four-three. Yeah, I guess I wanted to go seven. <laughs> yeah. But um, if you happen to be also expecting to see some of the, um, uh, you know, uh, what they're called, like the wacky workshops, I think uh, that's not happening this stage. Um, the Overwatch League has decided they had to cancel that just to give teams, you know, more time to prepare. Um, in RSP Discord, um, Scronine or Marcus, he had actually. Um, shared this comment and i think it sounds so much better as an option than cancellation why not have these wacky workshops these fun segments with teams that don't qualify and i mean we got into this this last episode where i started to sort of complain about how the stage is if you're a fan of the vancouver titans let's say you're a casual fan of the vancouver titans there's absolutely nothing that keeps you invested in what's going on because your team continues to have these one month breaks. Yeah. 
And if you're a casual fan, it's so much easier for you to lose interest completely. Like I think of myself and as a, an Overwatch League fan in season one, I was a casual Overwatch League fan. I kind of paid attention to what was going on, but I had no skin in the game. I wasn't interested. There was nothing there that said, Chris, you should tune in and watch me. I did not have the appointment viewing. Vancouver gets a team. I'm suddenly invested and I'm now invested in both the Defiant and the Titans. So it becomes harder for me who has this investment to continue to have to sort of sit back and, and sort of maintain that interest. I like what I'm seeing in the sort of the, you know, stage playoffs. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just, it's, it's not appointment viewing for me, but you know, you're going to have something to look forward to daily. Now with looking, following the stonks, how they do going up or down the the, the RS, the RSP stonks report. Yeah. Yeah. They might outperform our teams as it looks uh, right now being Maybe. in the, well, in the green mean, a little bit enthusiastic gaming not so much they have they have not been mm. performing but uh but that's that's a you know fair play fair play um speaking of uh, other things to to pay attention to obviously the overwatch league uh, pickums are at play um you're no longer doing so hot so sorry uh. my apologies I don't know. I'm I'm still uh, pretty much ahead. I think. Aren't I? Well, in in the RSP, but like when we were oh, talking, oh yeah, about I, I was I was looking at that figure eight. I might have actually been in like the top ten by now, but well, it's yeah. my problem. It's my fault. So, yeah. um, you are top of the table though for the RSP <sighs> uh, uh, leaderboard for the summer showdown, ninety points. Uh, Coach Koj eighty six, Danimal eighty six as well. Sir Doctor JM one point behind at eighty five. Kevin eighty four. Uh, and it trickles down from there. Uh, <clears throat> I have 46 points. <laughs> I am having a rough stage. I yeah. also realized why I have so few points. Apparently, not last weekend, the weekend before, I did not submit my picks. I'm positive that I had entered them, but maybe I didn't. Yeah, that's save. what happened to me with the first map of this uh, week. Yeah. A first day, I mean. Yeah, so um, it hurts you hard, but, uh, you know, we are going to be doing this again into the Countdown Cup, and the Countdown Cup starts new. You'll notice we don't talk about the full season, although I could. It just means Omni's again comfortably in the lead at 273 with Kevin 266 and Sheep at 264. Mm-hmm. I, but, you uh, see, no. I, I just didn't submit my picks. I wanted to make it a little bit more interesting for the rest I of see. the guys on the board. They were, I see. They were so I see. far below, you know. It was, you know. <laughs> You want to make it interesting for for everyone. Fair play. That's that's smart of you to keep the community invested in on it, right? But um, uh, other news in the uh, the league, uh, the Guangzhou Charge announced that uh, uh, Mike or Mick Mick Haley, Mike Haley, I don't know how they how you pronounce it, uh, is on a two way contract, and as a result, playing in the contender scene (gasps) to get in some action. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't realize that there are players that get to have two-way contracts and play in contenders. I know there are teams who have, that we follow that have two-way contracts. Well, at least one of them, but. Isn't nice on a two-way contract? I know, but I have not, we haven't seen yeah, any of the playing. defiance bears play in outside of aspire who doesn't count started in contenders yeah. currently on a 30 day. Really? I mean, okay. From a business perspective, I'm sure it makes sense to have them on a short term contract. But the kids earned a season. Yeah, he's not leaving the league anytime soon. No, I mean I feel just that that uh, you know he should have a 
a full contract for the, at least the rest of the season, but you know, yeah, it's, it's sort of what it is. Um, beyond that, obviously the game that we enjoy playing, you can still play from time to time. I, There's not a whole lot going on. I guess summer, um, yeah, should kick in soon. Oh. Probably August. Actually, climbing a lot on tank recently. Oh, really? Oh, I climbed two hundred, um, two hundred SR. Going pro? Yeah, <laughs> probably. I've just, I've just been playing Mister Heroes because that's what yeah, I do. I just need to quit my job first. I'm, I'm getting my letter of resignation ready. Yeah, well, as a podcaster, I mean, you make so much money, right? Right. Yeah, it's not about the money, anyways. So, it's about- well, I know because you continue to show up. <laughs> True. Oh man, it's been a show. I think the summer doldrums have, have finally gotten. Yeah. To um, yeah. It's it's tough. I, I was I was chatting a little bit with 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 Scronide and um, about sort of last episode, and I can't remember actually who it was, but someone had listened to the episode. And described me as being Chris sounds like a really disappointed overwatch dad. Well, he's not wrong. And, and Scronide had sort of, you know, chimed in about like, you know, that's kind of the, the feeling. I mean, you're right. Maybe it's not bad. It's just, it's, I think it's the summer doldrums. I think it's, we, we got spoiled. In that Let first me tell you, season. you can't be, yeah, exactly. You can't expect to be a contender every year. Now I'm very, preoccupied with my sons being in the finals but they yep. haven't been in the playoffs for 10 years so well they're up what two one yeah look at that i'm invested enough to know there you go what the what the um Phoenix, results of Phoenix for, your, sons. for your sons ready set ball yeah the um one thing actually just sort of back to the summer doldrums i'm i didn't really mention but we probably should have uh, dallas had some serious pop because they had a uh, essentially a live event um it's so much more, I don't know, engaging yes. to hear fans. Yes. Like just the pop and the people cheering. And like, that's something I was actually talking to both Scronide and Katrina about. Like, I truly miss that the watch parties where we could get out and we could connect with people um, and just be part of the experience. Yeah. It's- and I, I, I miss that. It's fair to say that Overwatch is right now in a very like deep valley. It's like not a good time for Overwatch, not in esports, not for the game. And if it's if 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 we want this esports scene to you know sustain itself, next season needs to like come back to that format because that really like infuses so much more life into these games. Even for the you know everybody's talking about it like. You can see the talent when they talk about about doing those live events or the players. Everybody is like misses that to death. So um, myself as a viewer too, it's like it's it's the best. You can't you can't like compare that to what we're having right now with p- players, you know, playing from wherever. Yeah, and I you know concede. I mean, it's not the league's fault. It's no, just of course, the reality yeah. of the situation. It's something I miss. I do wonder though if. You know, what will that be like? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sold yeah. on homestands every weekend. Like, again, if the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans uh, have matches in the APAC region, um, I don't know if I'm going to be invested enough to wake up and watch. Sure. But I uh, major props for them to at least, you know, trying to put it back this format, like not giving up on well, it entirely. 
No, no. I, and I'm not knocking sort of regional form, but like, just, I, I, I mean, I recall how that one weekend where the Titans sort of returned to play in, in Korea. And not only did we, well, I woke up early to watch the match. You woke up on time to miss the match. Cause again, appointment viewing is not based on teams. It's based on you waking up and watching it all. Sure. Uh, but the Titans stunk. <laughs> yep. Um, so, you know, they just, that, that, that is, that is almost poisoned me, but if they do return action and I'd actually be okay if they centralized it again, I, I do agree home stands mm. are somewhat needed, but if they centralize the experience somehow, and then maybe had like sort of home stand experiences, Anyhow, we'll, we'll learn more. And that's again, presumptive that there will be another season. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm leaning to the fact that there will be, but uh, I'm not as confident sure. in, in this sort of experiment of the Overwatch League as I once was. Yeah, I, I definitely think that they will give it another go, especially like with things coming back to normalcy, hopefully next year. Yeah. Well, and you look at Dallas. I mean, Dallas had just themselves and they mm-hmm. had a pretty decent crowd. And obviously we've already had home stands in, uh, in the uh, APAC. Region, yeah. So. And, and, you know, the APAC region, you mentioned right now it doesn't seem like it's uh, it's uh, uh uh thirst for overwatch is you know going down anyways like in in korea and in, in china especially like overwatch is still yeah. very big yeah anywho um time will obviously tell uh, we'll be back next week to talk about the results of the summer showdown before we get into the final stage of action uh, i had asked on social media if you were to pick one player from each team who you'd want to us to talk to on the Toronto defiant side, the clear winner was aspire. And on the Vancouver Titans side, the clear winner was fried winner. Uh, so I'm going to do what uh, you, our listeners have asked. I'm going to reach out to each team and see if we can arrange to have each of those players, uh, chat with us, mm-hmm. um, without getting into it. I am more confident. One team will <laughs> at least engage over the other. You can probably figure out which is which, but you should, uh, get, a, will, you should we'll, get a third team. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but we'll put those requests in and uh, see what we can do. Uh, but uh, any final words of wisdom for all of our listeners there on it? Dear Weather, stop showing off. We get it. You're hot. Ooh, hot like fire. Very hot. Uh, my words of wisdom. If you ever go and uh, plan a move, um, understand there is many things that you need to coordinate and it is darn expensive. So don't yeah. move ever. Yeah. Live at home. Best hotel uh, service that money can't buy. <laughs> True. Uh, if you want to find more of our show, readysetpwn.com has our entire catalog of episodes. And if you go way back in our first season, there's still some blog posts and, and whatnot of the analysis from some of the contributors that we had had. All branding reviews. Um, <laughs> yeah, all the branding reviews you did back yeah. in the day too, which were pretty cool. Um, if you want to find us online, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, it's at readysetpwn. Twitter is the account we're a little more engaged on though less and i'm maybe sometime in the off season i'll talk about why that happens to be um if you want to support the show patreon.com slash ready is one way to do it um it helps uh, sort of pay the bills uh we're doing okay i mean i we're talking about money at the top of the show we're not in it to make it um uh, unfortunately the podcast does cost money and it's you know money I'm willing to invest to make happen, but anything that uh, you do, if you like the show to help us out in that regard, um, obviously it is extremely well appreciated. Uh, and, uh, last but not least, 
it's been a while since we've had a review. Uh, Sam was the last one to give us one, which I'm surprised Sam <laughs> was as positive as he was. But uh, as is our practice, he's, leave he's us a review and we'll just, read it verbatim. He's just trying to win his spot back. True. Um, actually, someone had uh, talked to me about one of my other podcasts is that, well, they, they, the podcast app that they listen to doesn't allow reviews. Well, if you want to just let us know how we're doing, you can obviously send us a note on Twitter. If you want to email it, feedback at readysetpone.com, that'll just take it into email. Um, if you don't want me to read it, you want it to remain private, let me know. Otherwise it'll be read on air. Good, bad, or indifferent. I will read everything verbatim. Mm-hmm. But on behalf of Omni at Omni Strife, myself, Chris at Lightforce, signing off this episode as we always do with catchphrase. Thank you.